You're listening to the Mind Your Business Podcast, episode number 306. Today, I'm speaking with one online business owner who went from food stamps to multiple six figures in just eight months. This one you gotta hear, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm James Wedmore, and with 13 years online, I've built my business to over $9 million in sales per year. And this is the first non-business business podcast that shows you how to apply the principles of spirituality, energy, and mindset to create true and lasting success all from the inside out. This is the Mind Your Business Podcast. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for tuning into a case study edition here of the Mind Your Business Podcast, where I showcase extraordinary entrepreneurs and their extraordinary journeys, their stories, what's working for them in their businesses here with you. So you can learn directly from them. Today is no exception. My good buddy, Mr. Brett James, is on the show. He's in an incredible niche. It's permaculture. Like, I didn't know I'm... <laughs> I'm ignorant to a lot of things, <laughs> apparently that as well, you know, like how to like live off the land and self-sustainable stuff that he teaches and has built an incredible business with in a, such a short amount of time. His story is incredible. There are so many takeaways. He actually shares with you a list of seven of his biggest key takeaways that he's learned about being an entrepreneur and uh, learning about what it really takes to make this all happen and it's so good so good so i'm really excited to get into this i'm really excited to introduce you to brett so without further ado let's roll that interview with brett james right now all right you guys i'm here with today's special guest here on the podcast uh, my good friend brett james brett how you doing man Hey, I'm doing fantastic today, James. Thanks for uh, thanks for having a chat with me. Absolutely, I'm excited because uh, I think you've got a fantastic, inspirational story to share. And not only is it an inspirational story of like just where you've come in such a short amount of time—I mean, food stamps to multiple six figures in what eight months—but eight um, months. that you have a lot of takeaways that you want to share as well. So I think this is going to be a fantastic episode. I'm really excited to get into it. Why don't we start first by you quickly introducing yourself. What do you do? Who do you serve? How do you help them? Yeah, James. So I help eco-conscious people create truly sustainable lives. So that way they can have things like health, abundance, and peace of mind uh, through an online program where I teach them everything from ecological gardening or wild harvesting to alternative energy, natural building, you know, basically living life on your own terms so that we can ensure while ensuring rather that future generations have a planet to thrive on. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did you get into this? how did you get started? Where does this origin begin? Yeah, no, man. It starts a ways back. You know, I used to do the the nine to five thing. I lived in downtown Denver in the city. And I just like it, something inside of me, you know, this, this inner nudge told me that this wasn't living life, that it wasn't about consumerism and chasing money and working, you know, your butt off or anything like that. And I never figured it out. So at one, one point in time, I just snapped. I walked into the office. So um, I told my boss, I'm moving to Hawaii in two weeks. You can fire me or keep me. And I just like ejected from the mainstream world. And what, what was your Hawaii. job at the time? Uh, I was a programmer, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah so uh, deep in the tech industry, mm -hmm. just 
and moved into an off-the-grid jungle hut on the island of Kauai, two hours of power a day, and just checked the heck out. And and in this place, you know, it wasn't right for me there, but I found this thing that I was looking for. And it was it was a life where I lived more connected with both the land and my food, you know, disconnected from the hustle and bustle of the city, the chaos of, of life there. So that's kind of how I, I landed on this idea of living with the land. And then I learned about uh, something called permaculture, which is just essentially uh, a method of living and being that generates uh, sustainable human settlements. So it's how can we remodel societies going forward so that way there is a planet for future generations to live on. That's so awesome. So where did the seed of the idea of like this become a business for you that you could teach this to others? Oh man, it just kind of came out of the blue, I feel like, because I spent a decade in the tech industry. The last thing I wanted to do was, you know, be in front of a a computer, man. Like I wanted to be out there with the land doing whatever that meant, whether it was farming and gardening or ecological land management or helping clients out in the field, you know? So I actually spent a number of years kind of trying to transition to I started, you know, a business that did all those things. I, I consulted with folks on the properties. I uh, designed sustainable landscapes for them. I even you know, did like uh, insulation work and ecological uh, water harvesting kind of work for people. But like, never took off. It never felt right. It didn't work for me, mm. and it never took off. I was struggling to make ends meet doing any of this stuff, you know. And I was remember I was um, I somehow stumbled across the idea of online courses, and I think at first it was Amy Porterfield and her podcast. In December of 2017, I was like, you know what, I'm going to make an online course, mm. and then uh, quickly got turned on to you in 2018, and that's kind of where this all expanded out. It was this crazy idea that didn't make sense because I would be going back to you know the, the computer world a little bit, yeah. but like when you when I checked in with my intuition. It didn't make sense, but it was the thing to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, you put it out there. How did how'd it go? A disaster, man. <laughs> it was a dis- complete disaster. I have this dysfunction where I can't do things the way people are supposed to do them. So like... For me, working for a person is really hard. You know, I had a super traumatic event when I was uh, a teenager. I went to Columbine High School during the shootings and I didn't get shot, but I also didn't make it out very quickly. And, And that experience, it really showed me, you know, that like life is too short. Like it could end tomorrow. It could end today. And to spend my time doing anything like for somebody else didn't make sense because it was terrible work. Usually I didn't like it. It was not in alignment with my soul, you know, kind of thing. Because of that, I can't really work jobs, which meant, you know, I needed to kind of stay the course and go forward with, you know, generating my own income and generating my own business. But that also meant that I started with no resources. Like I had enough money for the next month in the bank and I just flat out quit what I was doing and put all my weight on the success of an online course, which is a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. I'm not kidding, James. And, like, and, <laughs> and having it be like instantly successful. Like that's what I thought. Yeah. I thought I saw all these people like listening to Amy Porterfield's podcast. I was like, dude, I know tech. I did yeah. that stuff for a decade. It's no problem to build a list and build a lead magnet and connect all these things. And then, and then these, I need, uh, you know, 2000 people in this launch and then they're going to buy this course and I'm going to have six figures. Yeah. No. 
doesn't doesn't work like that. <laughs> Maybe so, if you're really lucky. What did happen the first time you put it out there that would have you uh, say that it was a disaster? Well, I spent like six months building a list, uh, providing free content, provide, uh, lead magnets. I did all the work ahead of time and then launched to them only to figure out that the product offer was wrong. Mm. Um, it had too many obstacles for them to say yes to the purchase, let alone actually doing it, you know? So, you know, with a, a list of 10,000 people that I had built, I launched to them and the launch effectively in my eyes flopped. I think the first launch I sold ten, uh, about was it $6,000 worth of courses to the uh, list. But given the six month of investment, the money that was spent, it was, it was, you know, I was in the red. Yeah. What thoughts do you have about that looking back? Because I think that's a common, like I would immediately see that and see that as such a huge win. You know, like, yes, like we're on the right track, but it is so easy for people to share that same perspective of like, but I spent six months, I spent all this time, I spent all this money, and this is all I made for that. And it's almost like people are doing the wrong math. They're like, that's like 30 cents an hour I'm working for versus not seeing what that makes possible for the future. What, right. what are your thoughts on that? I think it's totally true. I think we get tripped up and fooled and like, we never know the context. We never know the perspective. We never know the numbers that are behind the scenes. Like, it's just absolutely true that it's like a success in one way that you made some money selling an online course. So like that's a huge success. But the reality was I, I was struggling putting food on the table, you know, yeah. and that doesn't work out so well. So it's a matter of being willing to want this business to be more successful than your stuff. Be more successful that or uh, be, you're being willing to sacrifice your time, mm -hmm. your luxuries, your house, your comfortability, even to push this thing forward because it will succeed. Right. And in my case, like there were so many synchronicities that kind of fell into place. Like you say, James leap and the net will appear, you know, mm -hmm. like when all this was going down, just, the universe provides signs. And if you pay attention and sometimes they're big and sometimes they're subtle, but they will guide you the right way. Like for example, one of the first signs that I got is money doesn't ever fall in my lap, James. Like it just isn't been my story. Right. Mm -hmm. And when all this was going down, I had a family member decide to invest $10,000 into this business out of the blue. They wow. don't do that kind of thing. It's not them. You didn't uh, ask for it directly. Wow. I didn't ask for it, yeah. but all of a sudden I get a call one day and they're like, you know, I really want to see this succeed. So here's $10,000 to keep going. Mm. And so sometimes there's big signs like that one. Yeah. So yeah, does that answer it at all, James? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But in hindsight, you could see now that that was like the seeds. That $6,000 yeah. was the seeds of, of what was to come. It was proof that something's possible, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. It was proof that like you can build something that kind of works. But the thing that I think that people miss out on, at least I missed out on at the very least, was the thought that if I launch this once, it'll work. If I launch it twice, it'll work. If I launch it three times, it'll work. And I don't think that's true. I think the key to success is massive amounts of repetition, right? There, there isn't one thing wrong with your funnel. There's 30 things wrong with your funnel. There's 30 things that need to be fixed. <laughs> that's yeah. like... Yeah. And only through repetition is that even shared. Now we were doing an evergreen setup. Mm -hmm. I launch every week effectively. Yeah. And only that repetition of launching every single week since last basically January, which now we're in November. So we're pushing 10 months of launching every single week have the kinks been, you know, 
there's still plenty of kinks, but I have the kinks been worked out. You know, it's that repetition. Yes. You know? Yes. So where did you go immediately from that first 6,000, that first launch? Completely downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Is that when the 10K came in that like helped you back up or when, when did that happen? Actually, that 10K came in at the very beginning. So I spent mm. it all. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I spent the 10 K I built that list. I launched it. I made $6,000 back. And that was where kind of the hard time started really, you know, uh, I wasn't willing to give up. So I kept going forward. I came up with this and I actually, that's when I enrolled in BBD right then, right as that launch tanked. And I remember you helped me out before I even enrolled. Uh, you said something very powerful to me and it was that the problem was either the, the product, the offer or the audience. Mm-hmm. And that was like, okay, you know, that at least narrowed it down for me. And it gave me, you know, like you say, this is like a science experiment, right? So which of these three is it? How do I test it? Keep testing it. And that's what I did. So I changed my offer. I came up with a second offer and tried that out. So that was uh, summer. I launched the first program fall. I launched the second program and that completely tanked too. Um, (laughs) I think I had a thousand dollars worth of enrollments in that course and I still built it because I needed the thousand dollars. Yeah. And at that point was totally scrambling. You know, I would do anything to make money. Some days I would be building websites for people. Some days I would haul my tractor to somebody's property and do some earthworks for them. Uh, I was just all over the board. I started selling all kinds of things on eBay. I, I started liquidating some of my farm equipment and things like that, you know, and we were headed downhill quickly. You know, it was basically living week by week. Next week, I, I would have no idea where money would come from in the next week. You know? Wow. What was going so, through your head at that time? Because that's just like... That's dark times, man. That's really yeah. dark. But all that kept me going forward was the understanding of the possibilities on the other side. You know, that I don't want to work my life away. I don't want to just make $20 an hour, $60 an hour, $100 an hour. Yeah. I can't change the world. I can't improve people's lives if I don't reach a lot of people, you know? And so like that inner driving force of the, the, the traumatic event that was Columbine kept me going forward, knowing that this was the path. Nobody said it would be easy, you know, like on the other side of this is where it's going to be better. Yeah. And somewhere in that, in that winter was we, we like, all right, I guess we're going to go on food stamps. So I think somewhere in like December of 20, 2018, we ended up on food stamps. We were barely able to pay for anything. Credit cards were maxed out, liquidating, you know, my farm equipment to kind of try to keep things going. And I was ready to give up, you know, totally ready to give up kind of thing. Just succumb to this, say, okay, I can only drag my family so deep into this. We were ready to sell our, our land and just check out and reset. And, and the thing that happened, James, it was totally incredible. I was driving away from our our, our land one day I was heading into town and we have this dirt road, a quarter mile on dirt road that then goes to a private road. And, and so we're out there in the woods and, and then eventually to a main road. But along this drive, I see a blue heron and I'm, I'm like, that's interesting. I never see anything like that uh, here. And it caught my attention. Right. And I took it as a sign. And like, that's the sign, like all along the path, there were signs that things that catch your attention. And you, if you pay attention to those, they tell you what to do. And so I was kind of on the, this like this like uh, point of deciding, like letting go of the business for a while, giving liquidating absolutely everything to get back to life a little bit. So maybe I have to get a job and just suck it up because that's what you got to do. And 
later that day, I get into town and I look up the meaning of a blue heron. And the meaning of a blue heron, according to the Native Americans, was essentially something that symbolized the idea of not necessarily going with what's logical at all, going with something that is inside of you, right? Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, I, I have this idea, this one last idea that's inside of me. It's the thing I wanted to do all along. You know, this course that I wanted to make a year ago, but didn't because I didn't think that the audience wanted it, or I didn't think I could do it more than anything. I didn't think I was capable. Wow. And it was a permaculture course teaching people. It's a 72 hour certification course. So I certify people in permaculture design. And I said, all right, fine. I give it two weeks. I'm going to lay it out, promote it and launch it in two weeks. And if it doesn't, if it's not massively successful, I'm giving up. Well, I did just that. Um, you know, I did the make it before you, what do you say? Make it before you monetize it? Is that Mon- right? Monetize it before you make it. Yep. Yeah, I did that process. Uh, in two weeks, I launched it and I did $10,000 in sales with almost no effort at all. Wow. And so to me, that was the, you know, that was in January of this year. That was the, oh, okay, this converts. I didn't even have to, you know, try to ring people's necks to get them to buy it, you know? <laughs> yep. Such a, was- such a different energy, right? When it's like, it's just like aligned, it's easy, it's light. Yeah. And the thing I'm looking back, the more, if I would have listened to more of the signs I saw, Mm. I would have gotten there sooner, you know, but that wasn't my path apparently. Right. We got to make sure we learn those lessons, even if it means the hard way. (laughs) Right. Sometimes, uh, especially for those of us a little little more stubborn, we got to, we got to go through a few more hardships. Uh (laughs) It's interesting though, that you say that, because I think that is such a more common theme than maybe you and I both realize of people who have that product or offer or message inside of them and they hold off saying, well, I'll get there, but let me do this other things first. I actually did that mm. myself. Um, really? Oh yeah. I mean like even just like my YouTube stuff was like, oh yeah, one day I want to be teaching more like what we do today, yeah. but let me start with this other thing. And it worked <laughs> well, but it was like, it wasn't until I got to this home that things like really opened up for me. So it's just so funny. You, you know, had that, that very same experience. Yeah, it's exactly the same. It really is. And that's funny looking back, but you can't see it then. Right. I know. I mean, it's like, it's like almost like you almost can, but you don't believe it. And you know, it's like, yeah. 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 That's, yeah uh, I didn't believe that I could teach permaculture certification courses. And then in January I found out I could, <laughs> it was yes. that simple of like yeah. somebody else telling me, Oh, by the way, Brett, you could do that. Mm, so good. Yeah. Right. So that's basically what you've been selling and promoting all of 2019. Totally. And that was kind of the start of it. It was the start of it. Like, like that was kind of where like I, I felt like, okay, I got something here, mm-hmm. but of course that's the beginning of such a longer journey. You know, like you say, new level, new devil. Yeah. And so fine. It took a year and a change of struggling and flailing to figure out the offer, the audience and the message and kind of get it lined up. But that didn't necessarily mean that things were okay, you know? So that's been a whole complete journey this past year, figuring that out, dialing it in, understanding like, how do you run a business that's profitable, Mm -hmm. successful, that keeps this sustainable, like it keeps itself going, you know? And that's been this experiment of this year. And that's why we decided to launch it every single week. I did it manually for about, what was it? Two months or so. Mm-hmm. maybe a little longer, January, February, and into March, I, I kept just relaunching it myself, dialing it in, changing the offer. Re- and the big thing being after I initially launched it, I, it kind of stopped selling. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What's going on here? I can't sell this now. Hmm. 
And so then I, I, I learned, well, sometimes you don't know everything that there is to know. And sometimes you need to invest in others, right? And so I took another big leap of faith. As you say so many times, you know, leap in the net will appear. So here my, my new course that was selling isn't selling and I didn't have any money. And I invested in a Facebook ads coach, right? One of our, our, our lovely BBDers. And that investment into her, even though I didn't have the money to pay her, is another critical thing that made all the difference. Because once she got in there, she goes, oh, dude, do this with your ads. Mm-hmm. Very next month, we did a $20,000 month. Wow. Right? That's awesome. And is it, and so, is it just kind of yeah, been growing from there? Absolutely. So in working through these, you know, these kinks, these problems, we just simply grown from there and scaled it, you know, so you start small and you scale it at the first we were, I was spending, you know, $200 a week in Facebook ads kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then I turned it into uh, an evergreen system. So that way I could, you know, take my hands away from it and let it run. Uh, Once it was converting at least uh, about 1% for pure cold traffic, no warm up whatsoever and focus on building our course. My course is a 72 hour program. So it means I spend three weeks a month building my course for the next 12 months. No time to improve, you know, little time to improve marketing, messaging or any of that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. basically just taking it every month and scaling it a little bit bigger, a little bit bigger. And before I knew it, it wasn't actually long with reinvesting the profit from, you know, the previous month into the next month into the ads that I'm spending $12,000 a month in Facebook ads, you know? kind of thing. Yeah. And that just becomes the new norm for you. Totally. It's like, Oh, I get nervous now if I'm not spending $5,000 a week in ads at this point. It's insane. But, but like, you know, you hear these numbers, like I'm so proud to sit there and say sometimes like, you know, we had months uh, this year generating uh, $40,000 in revenue from food stamps Mm -hmm. six months earlier. And that's so awesome. But there's like a bigger picture here that's so often missed, you know, and that's just because like, just because you have $40,000 months or a quarter of a million dollar business doesn't mean you're rich. Doesn't mean you're sitting on the beach drinking margaritas, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's a whole new, whole new thing. So currently the thing has been focusing on the bottom line, mm-hmm. you know, seeing how much money comes in and how much money goes out is incredible. Yes. And shifting that, you know? So important. I love it. I'm curious, you shared and dropped a bunch of like pearls of wisdom were you already starting to share some of your seven key takeaways? I want to make sure that we get all of those or at least recap them so everyone gets those as well. But it's just so amazing hearing your your story and your journey. Totally, it's, James. It's like, awesome. I think I got some of them in there, you know, like the, the listen to the signs, right? Yeah. That's one of the things that if you can trust in your intuition and trust in the things that are presented in your life, especially pay attention to the things that seem out of place or that, that particularly take your attention, right? Like a blue heron doesn't necessarily the most out of place thing in the woods, but the fact that it caught my attention is important, right? You listen to those signs and see what's inside of those signs. And, and that's all tapping into the gut and tapping into the ocean. That's so massive, right? Second, be sure to understand that repetition is the key to success. Like you say, James, it's not a failure. It's a science experiment and know that you got to repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, repeat it, try it differently many times before it's going to become massively wildly successful, you know? Love it. And with that, I feel like there's another thing to point out that there's a degree of chance. There's this ebb and flow that I see in the universe that's not predictable. In my evergreen funnel, for example, nothing changes every uh, from week to week, but 
I can see a week where we'll all do $17,000 in sales and the next week will be $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to explain that other than the ebb and flow of the universe. You know? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Third is uh, invest in others. Mm. I, I mean, I know it's hard to do, especially when you don't have the money. I didn't have, I, I, was, I didn't have the money to pay for BBD, but it changed my life. Mm. You know, I didn't have the money to hire Tracy for my Facebook ads. Changed my life. Yeah. You know? So those were the things that made it work. Additionally, there's likely 30 things wrong. So I know people are out there looking for like the one thing to fix to make it work. Yeah. And in my experience, it was many things. It was a lot of little tweaks. It wasn't necessarily just the offer. It was the message too. And the more I worked through it, through the repetition, the more I was able to get something that worked. Right? Yes. Love that. Also, don't be fooled by numbers. You know, like you say, James, just compare it to your own numbers. And you hear people say, I did a quarter of a million dollars this year. I did half a million dollars a year. They might've spent $490,000, right? <laughs> yep. And they weren't profitable. You never know. Yeah. And understand that like, as you start getting into those places that it's just a different picture, you know? Mm -hmm. That's good. And then lastly, I think that, you know, and you've said this so many times, James, in so many different ways, but it becomes like real once you've done it. And that's that you have to be willing, not saying you, you have to do this, not saying you have to give up your things and your possessions and your home or anything like that. But I feel like for me, going to that edge of being willing to say, all right, I'll sacrifice all of this to build this business and taking it so close to that edge is where the magic actually happens. That's true commitment because you will do anything. Right. And it comes down to like saying, I'm going to sell my house. You're going to work some late nights. You're going to scramble. You know? Yeah. Well, I but, think there's even something else though. I wanted to point out that just in hearing your story, I've observed with you, which is that I tend to see a common thing where people are, um, almost more like just throw money at, at a problem and, and actually turn more of a blind eye to it. And actually this, this past week's episode, I spoke to a little bit on the podcast where a lot of people's default way of how they, when they are in the face of a problem is like avoidance. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing throughout your entire story, which is so worth noting is that you leaned into it the more it became a problem, the more you were like, you like buried your nose and it was like, let's figure this out. Let's, why is this not working? Let's look at it closer. And even when you invested others, it wasn't here, I'm paying you. Now you go figure it out. I don't want to look at it. It was like, I need another pair of eyes to look at this with me. Do you notice that you're, that you're doing that? Does that make sense? Does that resonate what I'm saying? Absolutely, dude. Like, and it's, I think that's true, not just in business, but in life. It's like, if yeah. you're in a, you know, a relationship, a friendship, a romantic relationship, and you kind of turn a blind eye to some of the problems they grow, right? They create resentment, separation, distance, and things like that. But when we lean into problems, such as with a romantic partner, mm -hmm. we can create connection, intimacy, closeness, correction, and generate a, po a better life together with yeah. them. And the same is true in business. Yeah. You know, you are so right. Leaning into these problems, becoming intimate with them, not being afraid of them, understanding they're not going to end things. It's not the end of times. If like last month I turned around, like I spent so much time on the front end of things in my business, seeing the big numbers that Beth, my partner, she's like, dude, we have no money. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I looked at the bank accounts. I was like, hmm, you're right. So <laughs> you're right. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought we had tons of money. Yeah. 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 
So yeah, you know, but leaning into that, right? I did that last month. I leaned into it. All right, I need to put my attention on the bottom line of this business. And yeah. now it just a matter of a few weeks, it just grew massively. Okay, I'm like, okay, focus on it, focus on it, focus on it. And within weeks, there was, I don't even know, like just $15,000 in the bank just within a couple of weeks. Like, right. focus where the problems are. That's the only way to solve it. So I'm, I feel like that's just like one of the biggest things here that I'm, that I think you're just demonstrating so well, because I'll have people say things like, but James, I just want to do this. Like, I just want to get paid to speak or do Facebook lives or do my podcast or do this one thing. And to anybody saying that, then what you're really saying is you don't really want to own a business because owning a business means owning this responsibility for all these pieces. And I see a lot of people, and it is the majority of them, that just love the idea of what they see someone who has a successful business has. Like, oh, I would love if people would listen to me more, give me more likes or shares or compliments, but they're not willing to do all of the things. That's fine if you're not, but if you're fooling yourself that you can own a business but not own the responsibility of it, it can be a pretty turbulent journey. And I think I'm just, from your story, I'm hearing such a common thread of what every, not everyone, but so many people will go through. I've got this idea and I put all this work into it and then bam, it didn't exactly hit and it wasn't worth it, but I could either keep going. I could, you know, that's such a common theme. And I just feel like you've gotten to where you have and gotten to where you are so, so quickly because of that natural disposition of lean into it, own the problem and then own how you're going to solve it. And I just wonder if, what's driving so much of that is because there is such a drive for you to not have that job, to not work for somebody else that you're like, you might as well figure this out because the alternative just is not an alternative, you know? So I think the thing here is like, you know, people, we, str we, we, we try to avoid pain. So the question is, where's the pain the greatest, right? And in my case, I have greater pain surrounding not living my fullest potential, yeah. not living the life that I desire, or even so much as to say, I have greater pain in what I see as the future of humanity and the planet. That to me causes great pain, knowing where things are headed ecologically, economically, societally for my son. And because of that pain being greater than looking at an empty bank account, I'll dive into it. Right? Yes. Oh, it's, Whereas for it's most beautiful. people, it's the other way around. It's like, well, I can avoid the pain of that because it's not that bad. And they can go back to their nine to five or just continue doing whatever it is they want. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's where's the greatest pain because we're not wired to see it differently. We're not wired to see these challenges and these problems is just a fun little, it's fun. Fun might not quite be the right word, but like is a puzzle is a problem to solve, you know? And, and as you said it, like, you need to be a business person before you are anything else. You know, I'm a freaking farmer, dude. I spend weeks chopping my own firewood in the woods to heat our freaking yurt tent that like, I live a really different life, but I'm also a businessman. Right. Yeah. And this means I spend some of my days pouring over the, the densest sheet of numbers. That's not fun at all. But when you do that, you can reap the rewards of passive income, of multi-six figures worth of income, of changing the world and improving people's lives. And there's a gentleman who wrote a book. What the heck is his name? It's like the art of the... Well, essentially, it's this. It's like the more self-centered we are as people, the more these pains prevent us from what, doing, what, what we want to do, right? But the more we start 
turning outwards, the more we want to help others and the more others in the world become more important than ourselves, right? Then it becomes easier to push through the problems because it's not about you. It's about making the, the world a better place for your family, for yeah. future generations, you know? And I feel like that's such an important thing is it's not about us. It's about them. It's about our students. You know, you can't change all these people's lives if you don't go through the pain. Right. So good, man. This has been amazing. Where can people hear more about you and learn more about what you do? Yeah. I mean, they can uh, find me on the interwebs, of course, um, iceropromoculture.com or just, you know, look up probably the best places on Instagram because people can get a peek into our very different life. So high Sierra permaculture on Instagram, and you can see us living our little uh, life out, out in the woods. Love it. And we will link all of that up in the show notes. Brad, this has been amazing just for you to share not just your unbelievable journey, as well as these amazing takeaways. So thank you. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Well, dude, I appreciate you. I appreciate your presence in the world, the help you've given me, the help that you're giving to all the other people out there. You know, you are making massive change in this world and I'm grateful for you. So thank Thank you you. so much for that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. Please, please reach out to Brett and let him know how his story and this episode has impacted your life and your business. Thank you. And we'll see you all here on the next episode here on the Mind Your Business podcast. Take care. Did you know eight out of 10 businesses fail within their very first 18 months? I believe being an entrepreneur means unlearning everything that we've been taught our entire lives about what it really means to be successful, which is why I've created a brand new audio program entitled Activate. I want to show you how to think, act, and behave like the successful entrepreneur that you were meant to be so you can step into the vision that you have for your life and your business. And the best part is this program is yours absolutely free. To register right now, simply visit www.jameswedmore.com forward slash activate and we can get started right now.